Logo Geeks, it's Ian Paget here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designer logos. On this week's show, I'm going to be joined by Kyle Courtright, where we discuss preparing for future freedom. But before we get into that, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe Stock Assets. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers where the winner will go home with $1,000, which is really cool. It's totally free to participate in the perfect match. And by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So uh, it's win-win. To learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So on this week's show, I'm going to be joined by identity designer Kyle Courtright, who's actually been on the podcast once before. Uh, That was way back in the first season, episode eight, which was around five years ago now. And at that time, we focused on Kyle's journey as a logo designer and how he built his business with loads of actionable takeaways for anyone that wants to do the same. If you missed that and you want to go back to the episode, head to logogeek.uk forward slash eight. It is an old episode. It's first season, so the audio quality isn't the best, but hopefully uh, you can Uh, listen to it. I can't. I find it really cringeworthy, but hopefully you'll find the content really useful. Uh, If you're not aware of who Carl is, he's the founder of his own design studio, Courtright Design, and he's also the founder of the Logo Design Awards, Logo Wave. This time, I wanted to catch up with Carl to find out how his business is going and to continue the discussion where we left off five years ago. And I was impressed to hear how he's really focusing on preparing for future freedom while also scaling his business in the process. It's really great inspiration for anyone who's been building their own uh, logo design business, graphic design business for a number of years because they might want to start thinking about some of these things too. So let's just get straight into this. Here is the interview with Kyle Courtright. So Kyle, listeners will probably be aware that I've started going back to a few of my older guests and you are one of the people that came on the podcast in season one, you know, within those first 10 episodes. And that was about five years ago now. So I thought, you know, this is, uh, we're long overdue, a sort of catch up with Kyle. So I thought I'd invite you on again. So thanks so much for coming back on. Well, thanks so much for having me, Ian. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you. And 
And it's been it's been fun uh, since season one. We've we've talked about it on the back end here, just seeing you know where it was and where it's come to, and just the incredible value that you've given creatives along the way, and all that time that goes into that. I don't think people quite realize sometimes. So I, I appreciate you and uh, you know the value that you give to the world. <laughs> oh, thanks, Carl. That's really kind. I mean, so listeners are aware. Me and Carl, we're we're good friends, and we catch up quite frequently. So uh, between us, we've had a lot of conversations over the last five years. But um, yeah, we're due to record something. So last time, uh, I-, I can't listen back to the old episode because I just sound strange. But anyway, last time we basically went through your journey, and I think this time. I think we can spend some time going through some of the nitty gritty stuff and, you know, maybe talk about your process and so on. And we'll see where this goes. But I I think something that I'd like to talk about that we didn't really get a chance to speak about on the last interview we did was some of the day-to-day stuff that really impacts people working as a freelancer. So I'd be interested to hear, because you've been a freelancer now for five years or so maybe uh, probably longer than that a lot longer than that and I think something that's really important is to have a well-managed day so to be planning out your workload to be planning out your day based on your experience so far how have you found like what what have you found to be a really good technique for managing your day-to-day workload Yes, absolutely. And this is going to make me sound old, but I've been doing this for 13 years and nine of those years full-time freelance. So it's almost... It's scary. It goes really fast because I I know I was part-time, you know, doing half and half for a a long time. But in terms of being freelance, I swear it's been like three, four years already. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been... A wild ride. Um, you know, there's plenty. It's not not all butterflies and daisies, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. one of the best business centric decisions that I've made. Uh, just looking back, of course, there's there's going to be that roller coaster of freelance where you've got those up months and down months. I, I kind of think in terms of mo- monthly kind of revenue and income more than anything. Uh, but you know, it's you do things to kind of diversify and, you know, spread out that risk over time. So you've got this, you know, big roller coaster with these, you can kind of imagine these, these sweeping ups and downs, but it's kind of leveled out over time as you kind of optimize, right. And you implement, um, you know, certain things into that system. So, for me, it was run, you know, starting a design awards competition called Logo Wave. It was uh, selling an ebook online. I'm, um, you know, going to be launching a course here soon. I've popped on affiliate programs, as I know you have as well. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, we've got the the freelance side, so you kind of spread out that risk to where it it, it feels more doable, right? So. Um, you know, as far as the getting down to your question there, that, that nitty gritty, you know, people say that I need to put the free and freelance a lot more. And I, I tend to agree, but there's, you know, for me at least, and it might be different for other kind of, I know there's a lot of freelancers in this audience, freelance creatives. And, you know, for me, I do need a little bit of structure in my life (laughs) and and my wife does too. I've got a wife and three kids. So in the morning I I tend to start at a certain time and and end at a certain time. That's, 
that's usually a, a you know pretty set eight hour schedule. Yeah, um, and I I just want to add, I think that's really important when you have a family to have the start and end times. And I mean, to be honest, even when you don't, it's it's just important to have that structure because the worst thing that you want is to you know randomly wake up when you feel like it and to be working until midnight and you know because you're going to get to a point where you don't have a that work-life balance but I think having you know a set start time and end time I think that helps with structure especially if you have um, a family around you I can totally agree with that completely agreed yeah and you know it used to be so in my home I my office used to be upstairs and so I kind of set that when I was done for the day um, as a way to kind of separate the work life and the um, the family life, which is, is super important to me, I kind of use the stairs as the way to kind of turn off my brain. So you, you would have been weirded out. Um, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes, I used to stand at the top of the stairs for a minute or two before I, I would go downstairs just to make sure everything was kind of all my thoughts from, from the business side were turned off and I could, really devote that time going downstairs to, you know, this is family time. So it was almost a visual cue for me um, to say, okay, this is family time, you know, turn off the work brain and go from there. So for me, you know, setting aside that time has been good. Um, you know, I think with, I, I went to Zoom a lot more over the past uh, year or two here um, instead of using my personal cell phone. So it's that's another way to separate things. Where Yeah, you know, I, I just want to quickly add, you know, with Zoom, I've personally found that pre-COVID, because, I, I mean, uh, COVID's been around now for over two years, almost all of my client interactions were via telephone. So, you know, clients would ring me, but now almost all of my first course with clients are zoom calls and i think it's because people have adjusted to that yes absolutely yeah i think people are used to that and i think it was just important for me to you know some clients you know uh, text me out of the blue sometimes and it was as the business has grown um it, it became more and more and i just needed to i needed to be careful you know you kind of I try to sit back at least once a month and just look at the health of, of the business and say, okay, what are things I'm, I'm doing okay? And maybe celebrate those things. And what are the things that, and it tends to be more of these things that I can optimize and, and uh, make things more efficient for both me and, and my clients. Um, so I don't think we've really talked about this yet, but um, I, I started to delegate things out Um quite a bit over the past two or three years to where I have a um, design studio that I work with to help supplement uh, some of the workload coming in. Um, I've, I've got a BA that I'm working with uh, that I'm going to, in the next two years, my goal is to push all of my email uh, or let's see, let's say 95% of email to that VA. And so, you know, the future freedoms, uh, you know, it's kind of some of my goals that I've been, thinking about a lot more lately. And so that's in alignment with those future freedoms. Um, and the irony of it is, you know, and I've got a, you know, a sales rep. Okay. We, we won't call our sales rep. It's a project manager um, is I think sales is a dirty word in the design community and doesn't have to be, uh, but 
we can talk more about that, of course. But yeah, I, I've, you know, this project manager, she's been killing it for me. This is just over the past, you know, few months here, actually, that I brought her on and kind of trained her up, hopped on calls uh, in tandem with her until she felt comfortable to uh, kind of go cold turkey on her own. And and now I just qualify someone in, uh, that has an inquiry through my website. Um, they reach out, I qualify it, make sure it's, it's uh, you know, a good fit uh, for the type of uh, client persona that I, that I enjoy working with. And then I pass it along to her. She takes the call. She does all that legwork, uh, pass it along to my designers. You know, a lot of times I work on it too. And, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to be completely hands off. Uh, so I act as this kind of creative director role more than anything these days than design uh, implementation. So um, doing plenty of design, that's for sure, for some of like the larger clients uh, and, you know, mid to, mid-sized to larger clients. But I'm still taking on those solopreneurs, mom and pop shops that um, I, I kind of tend to delegate out a little bit more. You know, this is really exciting because I, I know the last time that we spoke, uh, the journey that we took the listeners on was uh, more about how you went from, you know, working for other agencies and then working for yourself, building your own freelance company. And now you are scaling and uh, obviously on the podcast, I've spoken to agency owners and stuff like this and kind of covered this, but you're doing it in, um, I guess, a very organic way. You know, you, you are just having to scale out of necessity, but also because, you know, at some point you want that future freedom, as you described it, which I think makes a lot of sense. Because if you're going to put so much time and energy into uh, building a business, it does make sense to A, scale it, but also B, come up with a way so that you can step away from it. And it sounds like you are kind of setting the stage for that. So I think we should talk about that in this episode, even though I didn't jot that down in my notes. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, we we haven't really spoken about this between us. So this is going to be uh, interesting. So I, I think before we move on to that stuff in terms of like delegating, because I'd like to go into that more into more detail. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned earlier on was about diversifying your income. And I think this is something that's, uh, really important and so that listeners understand what this means basically when you work for yourself you could in theory just say I'm going to offer logo design and just wait for clients to come in and just focus on that one thing but uh, there are going to be times when there's more demand for that than others and uh, you would have months where you some months where you make loads and some months where you make less but obviously you want to try and come up with ways so that there's more stability there and one way that I do that you are listening to one example (laughs) this (laughs) podcast is a piece of sponsored content so I have a sponsor uh, for this which is basically another form of income for me and then obviously affiliate marketing and I'm coming up with other ways to to add to this it's all still related to logo design so it's still related to my area of expertise it helps to grow my reputation as a logo designer but it also diversifies the income so Kari you, you did mention some examples can you share 
a couple more or go into more detail in, into some of those ways that you are diversifying your income? Yeah, of course, of course. And, you know, I'd love to just speak from more of a, you know, just a, a generic point of view sure. to where, you know, it, it worked, you know, some of those ideas, you know, with the logo or, you know, with logo wave and, you know, the ebook and some other things that's worked for me, but it could be a number of things, right? You mentioned, you know, of course the podcast, um, there's yeah. loads of ways of generating income. Like you can, <laughs> one one podcast that I've always really enjoyed. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't listened to it in a long time. But but uh, the Smart Passive Income podcast from Pat yes. Flynn. He yes. has dedicated episodes where he talks about ways of generating a passive income. And there are so many ways, so many ideas that people, you know, businesses or, or individuals can generate an income and basically we as independent graphic designers we can take these ideas whatever they are and apply them so you've done an ebook and you've created the logo wave awards but in my case i've created a uh, a podcast and community that's been able to help people and support people but it also generates an income while building reputation which is similar in your case, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think we're like-minded in this, Ian, just from our past yeah. conversations, talking about we're, we're both introverts, right? And so yeah. there's a lot of creative introverts out there that are listening in and talking to that group specifically. Um, number Which one, will be here, most designers I found. Most designers I know yeah. are introverts. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And, you know, coming on podcasts and things like this along the way and, you know, putting my mug out there a little bit, you know, it wasn't a comfortable thing, uh, definitely, especially at the beginning, but it's so cliche, but practice makes perfect. <laughs> and well, yeah, listen know, back to the previous episode that we did together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll say practice <laughs> makes progress because yeah. there's, there's, there's no perfection here. That's for sure. I've, I, uh, I've fallen on my face plenty uh, throughout my career. And, you know, those are the things that, you know, just make make you that much stronger with your business and, you know, take the business out of it. Just uh, makes you more confident um, and, you know, personable person. And you add, add these soft skills that you don't realize over time. And, uh, you know, you, you talk to the, the podcast from season one till now just the improvement that you've seen and mm -hmm. we're our worst critics when it comes down to it. So I think that's an important, especially in this day and age, it's an important thing to talk about to where, you know, people aren't, aren't judging you like, like you think they are. Um, and yeah. I think that's an important distinction to make to where we don't have to be so hard on ourselves. You know, there's all this talk in the design community about, you know, pixel perfection and, and there's, there's, that's a good thing, right? To be, you know, um, have those details in place because that does make the difference in our designs. But I don't, I don't want to see that translate to our relationships and, you know, how we think about ourselves. And, you know, we've got this world of social media where everybody's putting their best self forward. And I, I've kind of thought about the idea of what if I just put out some of my work from the past that I'm just completely embarrassed about? Like, how would people resonate with that? And I, I, I'm wanting to, you know, maybe uh, dabble in, in doing that a little bit. And, 
you know, on, on Instagram, it's like face value is like, oh man, this, this looks bad. And then you click into it. It's like, oh, okay, there's a story behind this. And I think it's this mentality of, and we're a lot of times we're following people will, will take Instagram, you know, cause I know a lot of listeners are on Instagram and this, this audience, like on Instagram, you know, we are putting our best foot forward, but, you know, the people that we're following, I should say, um, they're a lot of times 10 years ahead of us. And, you know, how can we even compare to the people that are that far ahead of us already? It's something to look towards and, and glance at for sure. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with where you're at as long as you continue to learn and hone your craft and, and stay hungry. Um, you know, let's, let's uh, not get too down on, on ourselves. Yeah, I, I very much agree with that because I know it's when it comes around to your own work, and uh, I was actually asked this this question on a, a recent podcast interview uh, where I got interviewed and, and they was asking about, do I ever have times when I think my work isn't good enough? And sure, yeah, definitely, frequently. And I, I think where that comes from is where you look on Instagram and uh, Instagram obviously filters the posts that have been most interacted with. And what that means as a graphic designer is we are generally exposed to the best, the best of the best of the best in the entire world. And there are like, what, 8 billion people in the world. <laughs> and we are exposed to that tiny 0.0001% that are just way beyond our capability but that doesn't mean that we're not good at what we do it's just that we uh i, I think this type uh, is type of things that we can aspire to to be but um yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't make you feel any any less than you are because a lot of these people they are way more experienced than you they they charge a lot more than you and and all this sort of stuff so um yeah just like if, if you're gonna push to be better compare with yourself who you were yesterday rather than trying to, um, you know, beat someone that's just, you know, <laughs> beyond your capability. <laughs> yes. hundred percent agreed. Yeah. And, and if I may just add a little bit to sure, exactly sure. what you're saying there, I mean, I just, I, I feel like, you know, we are, we, we should just glance at inspiration a lot of times instead of uh, kind of dwelling on it because we want to find our own distinction. A lot of us have personal mm -hmm. brands. And so we, we help our clients be distinct and differentiated, but you know, how much are we focusing on, uh, on our own businesses and our own design work to where, okay, how can I, you know, draw inspiration from someone, glance at that, but still maintain my own kind of style and feel because that's, yeah. that's so important with, with our, our own visual identity. And I think we, we focus so much for those of us who have clients, you know, on our client work, a lot of times where we're not, um, you know, delving into ourselves a little bit and, you know, putting that, that time that we deserve into our, our own personal brand. And so, that's what I would say, just uh, as some, you know, a recommendation or advice, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, you know, don't don't be afraid, even setting aside, you know, an hour a week. You know, I think most aren't aren't doing, you know, uh, if you're anything like me, I'm, I'm not I'm not very good about that. But like I tried lately to set aside just 
that specific time uh, to kind of look at my brand, the health of it, and you know what can I do to serve my clients even better. I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design work communicate? Do clients and higher-ups really understand the work that we are putting in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board using Adobe Stock Images. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So it's a real win-win. To take part or to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So let's get back to the interview. Let's talk about some of this stuff that you mentioned about growing your business delegating to other people because i i think this is really good and this is something that we haven't spoken about between us really and uh it's how i see it is it's things that's allowing you to grow your business and generate more income so i wrote down that you have a va so a virtual assistant someone that's going to be checking your emails and I assume that you are doing that because it will save you time. And I've, I've had someone that did this for a while uh, when I was working part time because it it saved a lot of time. You know, someone could go through my emails and respond to all the inquiries as soon as they came in just to like filter out the good stuff from the bad stuff. And the, and the people that came back, they, they were just booking a call for me. So all I needed to do was just check my email when I got a message from them it's a call with a client (laughs) and that was really helpful so I assume that's why you're bringing in like the VA to free up some of your time yeah you know it's really a way to you know I I love creating and I know a lot of us do and I love I've learned that I love managing creatives too uh, which is weird for me to say uh, doing this you know, for 13 years now, I never thought I'd, be, I'd say that, but I love playing this kind of creative director role, as, I, as I've mentioned. So that's that's part of my future goals because I've really enjoyed that in this season. And I don't see that changing for at least a little while until I get maybe burnt out on that and maybe the next thing comes. But I think it's been an important time. It, you know, it, it aligns with my future goals. And so my future goals happen to be maybe opening up, you know, freedoms, like I said, and those freedoms look like going on, you know, some more vacations with my family, spending you know, even more time with family and friends. And, you know, it's not about like necessarily retiring because it sounds like everything's just going, like what I'm saying is just like everything is going towards this like retirement and doing the least amount of work possible. And, I can't imagine retiring. I, I love what I do. I love being in the creative space and uh, and delivering these 
visual revenues for, for my clients and even the management of the business. So I don't look to retire uh, anytime soon. It's opening up those possibilities to where, you know, at one point, I'm not here right now, but at one point, if I wanted to, you know, go across the country, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We love, we love, uh, when we do travel, it's, it's so much fun. And my kids are getting older. They're eight, six and two now. So, you know, they're understanding the value of vacation. And so being able to travel with them. And if I, you know, down the line wanted to leave for a month and not like not check emails very much past that and know that the business is still running smoothly on its own without having to be in the business too much during that time. If I wanted to, then then that's great. And that's, that's what I'm kind of, you know, working to, uh, Mm -hmm. to some extent. So I just want to open up those future possibilities and I have to take those steps now in order to get there. I really love this. And you are making me think of the book, The E-Myth Revisited. Yes. Um, And (laughs) within that book, something that it talks about is how most businesses or, or a lot of businesses that start out are people like us who have worked within a company and they decide that they want to take that skill and offer it themselves. So, you know, for example, a graphic designer, they decide to start a business offering graphic design services. And as a maker, you just get to this point where you keep getting more and more and more work and and you're just getting stressed because too much is coming in and then you end up kind of vandalizing your business because you're too busy and you kind of get stuck in this trap where you're just, I guess, uh, trying to swim, but you're partly sinking, you know, because you're just getting too busy. Mm. And one of the reasons for that is because we're not focusing on our business. We're working in the business and what it sounds like you're doing is you're you're able to step away and work on your business rather than in your business. So anyone that's listening that hasn't read that book, that is one of the best sort of business books for anyone that is uh you know the type of person that's got a skill, they decide to step away and create their own thing, whether that's, you know, graphic design, logo design or whatever that thing is, read that book because it sounds like you have, Kyle. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I can't agree more. That one was a game changer for me. And, you know, Emith talks about this idea of kind of the franchise model too, right? And systematizing the process. And yes. uh, it uses even examples like McDonald's and and uh, some other companies that have have this franchise model down pat. And so, um, he brings it down to a level of, okay, the solopreneur, the freelancer, you, you should be doing this too. And shows examples of how you go through that. So I'm not an affiliate of this book by any means. I'm just a believer. Yeah. Well, same. It's it's a great book. Yeah. (laughs) And if, if I may, you know, there's, if I would recommend, you know, and if you're, if you're a listener here and you, you like, you know, some of the things, you know, we're talking about with kind of adding these automations and, and delegations and opening up future freedoms um, in the future. I think Emith is a great one. Um, Four Hour Work Week has been a game changer by Tim Ferriss. Oh, yeah, uh, same to me too. <laughs> very well known one and uh, New York Times bestseller there. 
Um, and so that, those are those are two. And then the third one I would say is uh, one that's a little less known is it's called financial freedom. Um, not the most uh, sexy title by any means, but man, that one is. If, if there's one that I've read in the past year that's been a game changer for me about just kind of shifting the mindset to think about those future freedoms and what you can do now, uh, that one is less creative centric, but it's for creatives. And the fact that, you know, if you are looking to op- open things up in the future, it talks about investments and, uh, and how to go about it. It's very step-by-step and actionable. And that's, that's what I like. Um, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like, it's uh, there's too much fluff out there to um, you know to waste people's time. So let's keep things actionable and practical. In that book, man, I just I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, and I, I also think there's another book I read, and I can't remember exactly what it's called. So I'm I'm gonna guess what I think it was, but I think it's called Built to Sell. Okay. I might be wrong with that title. So if I am, I'll correct it in the show notes. Uh, But basically there's this book out there that is about building a business ready to sell to someone else. And within this book, they actually use somebody like both of us here offering logo design as a service, doing graphic design. And it's it's a really great one for graphic designers because it explains basically everything that you need to do. And one of the problems with us both of us here is if we are taken out of the company the company is worth nothing pretty much Mm. because without us there is no company and I think most graphic designers are the same you know we're building an asset that is basically not worth anything but when you start to create systems you create roles and responsibilities and bring in, you know, assistants and designers and managers and all this sort of stuff, you are creating something that you can step away from. So there's two, well, there's multiple benefits to this and obviously takes a lot of time. But number one, you can step away and the company still operates, which is kind of sounds like you are, you are working on. Um, but also if in the future, say, you know, you were talking about retirement, I know both of us are way, uh, you know, we have another 20, 30 years ahead of us before we even need to consider that. But you are basically building a valuable asset, a very valuable asset that can be valued and you can bring in people that might want to buy it. <laughs> so one day when you decide, I don't want to do this anymore, you can sell your business for a lot of money and, you know, retire. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if you don't do this and, and you remain the only person in the company that, that requires the business to keep going, you basically built something that's just going to and I know this sounds kind of sad, but it's not worth anything. It's, I mean, someone might buy it, but not for much. And uh, it seems like, because I know you read a lot and I know we've read a lot of similar books, but it sounds like you've taken a lot of principles from those things and you're slowly implementing all this stuff so that you can have freedom. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And an asset. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a good point that you make there. You know, we don't, you know, we might not want to sell now, but having that mentality 
now will serve us well, you know, 10, 20, however many years down the line where, you know, our, our thinking on where the business is at and what we're looking to do with it will change inevitably. Yeah. Right? So, well, definitely. Even though we're not looking to sell now or maybe even five years from now, you know, down the line, if, if you're kind of uh, making those deposits now um, into the business and systematizing things like you very nicely put and, you know, I love this idea of built to sell. I, I love that so much. Um, just to have that mentality, uh, I think is is so big moving forward in in uh, creating those future freedoms or independence that that you may or may not you know want down the line. But uh, you know, it'll it'll be there. You'll you'll systematize things so well that it'll. It'll be there if you need it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just double checked on Google while you were speaking. I got the book right. It's called Built to Sell. And uh, it's a good book just because it's from the perspective of someone working in logo design and it kind of goes through all the steps. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's worth thinking long term because both of us, we are in our 30s. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's worth thinking long term and I know something that you did mention earlier is actually goals and having that long-term vision and it sounds like this is something that you do this is something that I've done but having those having like a vision of where you want to take things long term and and thinking about that you can start to make these choices that's right so uh, can I ask you can I ask you about these goal settings because I think this is really important actually and and I don't believe you mentioned it in the previous interview that we did so you've spoken about having goals and and making sure that you're like assessing your company and making sure that you're fulfilling these certain goals and so on how are you going about doing that is it just a case of just having this vision in your head or are you actually like documenting where you want to go with your business with your life in some way yeah you know it's it's nothing too you know outlined or intense i do write things down just to kind of I, I tend to like to get things down on paper or the computer or whatever it may be. Um, but I think me and you have a similar mindset in this idea of reverse engineering our goals, right? Yes. We've, we've talked about Definitely. And, you know, working backwards from, from those goals. And so, mm-hmm. you know, putting that into a, you know, drilling it down from years uh, to months to days and, and things like exactly. that. Exactly. It exactly. makes it more, more doable uh, to work with, right? When you can chunk it out like that. Um, well, it means you can do anything. Like if, if you set yourself a, a vision to achieve a certain thing, it takes it from being a dream to something that you can actually do because you are just actively working on, like you, you sat down, you worked out how you can achieve that. And then you can break that down into actual actionable steps so that you will reach that goal. Yes, it's yes. just a matter of running through those steps and remaining on track and actually being dedicated to it. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'm all about, you know, having those practical examples. So like, you know, in this season of life, for instance, I'm uh, posting on LinkedIn, I'm writing, <laughs> which is, um, you know, I know this is a design podcast, so we shouldn't be talking too much about writing. I gotta be it's, No, it's all relevant. I'm, I'm just joking. It's relevant. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's helped me form my thoughts a little bit more and find my voice in the world a little bit more. Right. Um, 
it might sound you know selfish to some extent, but I'm I was just trying to find my own voice and what that looked like so I can maybe serve people even better. So starting out, this was you know gosh three and a half months ago I started posting or writing you know anywhere from short form, mid form to long form content. It took me you know anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to write at times uh, each each morning. Uh, so. Set aside that time, you know, about the same time, about nine, 10 o'clock in the morning, just start writing. And it's amazing what that can do. If I would recommend anything, um, just, just start putting, putting those thoughts out there. I'm not a copywriter. I'm not an expert in that field uh, by any means. And, you know, actually, I wasn't as confident going into that. But I knew I had, I felt like I had some good value to give to the world. Um, and yeah. some things that I've just been, you know, kind of keeping to myself, uh, not secrets or anything, but I've just been keeping things to myself where I just feel like, you know what, I just want to get this out there and maybe some people will resonate with it. Maybe not, but you know, three and a half months later, there's a hundred thousand views on, on my content, uh, posting nice. Monday through Friday consistently over the past you know, few months, like I said, so it's fun to, get surprised by it too and see the people that are like, yes, yes, this is like really encouraged me today. I'm inspired by this, Kyle. You know, I've had people reach out in the DMs and asking for additional advice, which I'm always happy to help. And please, mm-hmm. uh, I'm on uh, LinkedIn. So it's just uh, Courtright Design. If you want to, you know, give me a follow and reach out. And if you have any questions past this, I'm happy to help however possible. Uh, but my goal is to, and what I love is helping, you know, freelance creatives, kind of helping them on their on their journey. Uh, whether you've made the jump to full time or stuck in a nine to five job that you're commuting, you know, back and forth from work to to an agency that you know isn't completely, um, you know, purposeful or meaningful to you. I want I want to help. It's been my goal, at least these days, to really just help freelancers take that jump to full time like I did, because I love all the freedoms and, uh, you know, all the good things that have come from it for me, I want for others. So that's the heart behind it. But, um, you know, I think a a course is going to come as a result. I'm calling it Brand Jump. And uh, yeah. Nice nice name. (laughs) So um, that's. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I think Brand Jump will be uh, my best work ever. I know it will. Um, I'm just all in on this thing and uh, already 10 slides in and just love love working on it, taking in feedback from others and, and honing in and really just keeping it super actionable and straightforward, step-by-step, how-tos, things like that. It's not just generic advice. So that's um, I didn't mean to get into the course that, you know, that. No, it's good. I, I mean, I, I want to talk about some of this stuff. So I, I just want to go back to what you said about writing. And I know you said this is a logo design podcast yes. and this isn't necessarily relevant, but it is because as a designer, as a creative studio owner, <laughs> you, you basically can't just sit there designing logos all day, every day without putting yourself out there in some ways so that you can attract clients. And one of the ways that you attract clients is by building a reputation and becoming known for something. And one of the ways of doing that is by 
posting content. So writing, sharing your knowledge, helping people, uh, getting known for something. And um, Kyle, do forgive me. I mean, I haven't been following your content on Instagram, um, but I'll make sure to check it out after this. But I assume that this is related to your area of expertise, which is graphic design, identity design, logo design. I assume that that's the information that you're sharing, right? That's right. That's right. Um, you know, it kind of falls in that vein, but everything from pricing to dealing with clients to imposter syndrome, generosity, you know, all, all these things. So yeah, it's, it's all connected, but, yes. the, but my point is it's, it's establishing you as a, as an authoritative figure around this particular topic, which is the key to marketing really. Yeah. building your reputation and then when you build your reputation and you become established and known for talking about logo design graphic design freelance all this sort of stuff people will put you in like a mental pocket in their head of people that can help them when they need something like that yes. and that is how you get clients <laughs> oh couldn't agree with you more and you've done such a great job of that right with with logo geek and you know this we're doing it now we're doing it now we're both talking it. about yeah. a topic this is why i do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i love it and it you... builds it builds reputation it builds credibility people get to know you as the person that talks about logo design yeah <laughs> yeah and you found your sub niche and you you've just drilled down so so hard on that sub niche that you're, you know, it's the whole thing where if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one, right? So you got exactly. to niche in far. I, I always say, you know, if you're, if you can't find that next source of income or, or, you know, whether it's a course or podcast or whatever it may be, ebook, you know, try, if, if you can't find what you're looking to do, try to uh, write down on one column, what your, where your skills are, your expertise and then the other column, you know, um, what's your passion about? Maybe you have some, you know, spiritual gifts or, you know, just what you tend towards and see how that, how that marries and try to make those connections. But, um, you know, for me, for this, you know, for Brand Jump, for instance, I knew that I needed to, to niche in, um, you know, really far on this one. So it's not just talking to designers, you know, in general, you know, this course isn't for UI UXers or 3D or anything like that. This is for branding and identity designers who are looking to ditch their nine to fiver and make the jump or, you know, are taking on some projects, have a family and can't quite get rid of that, that full-time job, even though they're doing some work on the side. Um, you know, it, it talks to the, those groups, but it's niched, it's, it's niched in, not just on, you know, designers, uh, going, you know, wanting to go freelance, but it's brand designers. And so, yeah, if you, I guess my, my recommendation is if you're, if you're looking to create something, whatever it may be, uh, it could be content on LinkedIn, Instagram, or building something a little bit more comprehensive, kind of look where those passions and those skills meet and then uh, kind of take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know you have, your company and uh we i feel like we both started around a similar time <laughs> uh you you went freelance earlier than i did so you've been offering i guess identity design work have you actually gone into a niche do you think 
You know, I have positioned myself as a brand, that branding and identity expert, and that that can be a big umbrella, right? So yeah, it can. I still categorize that as a niche. Like that's worked for me. Like saying logo design, but I work with anyone. It is still a niche on its own, and I think um, how I see it. You can offer everything to anyone. And if you have clients coming in, great. But if you don't have that, it is because nobody knows what you do. Nobody knows which bucket to put you in because they they can't really fit you with anything because you just do everything for anyone. And if you're in that situation and you're not getting clients, this is when you decide to niche down because that gives you uh, a smaller target and it means that you can become known for something but also target the right people and attract the right people and I, I think that's the real key really so both of us are doing really well having quite a wide net on a specific thing but if I was to start from scratch I would pick one industry and offer you know, a, a service to that one specific type of person and then write all my messaging, write all my content. I'd hyper-focus all of my marketing material and everything towards this specific audience and go all in on that uh, because that's going to make it easier for me to know who to speak to, but also makes it easier for them who to choose. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, keep that brand avatar in mind, right? You know, I think... We need, you know, even to name that avatar and say this is his or her name, and this is this is their usual commute to work, and you know, all, all these things kind of drilling down, and then talk to that one person. It's a lot easier to talk to that one person that you've honed in on, you know, to your point, than you know this entire audience. Which, when you start talking to an entire audience again, you don't talk to anybody because. You're trying to fill all these different gaps and be everything to everybody. And that's not what people need. You know, they, they want to, they want to see this kind of honed, honed in specificity to where they are at and their specifics. Yeah. People want to know that you're speaking to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So we've, we've got about 10 minutes left and you mentioned uh, this, training material that you're doing to help people to jump into freelance uh was it called brand jump i can't remember what you said it was called brand jump you got it brand jump yeah i got it right and uh, okay so do you mind sharing some tips for this so uh, i assume that this would be somebody that is so your your target audience or, or the type of person that would join this course would be i, I guess where i was you know, uh, five years ago or so working for an agency, I'm a good graphic designer, um, you know, doing the nine to five grind kind of feeling that like there's more to life. I want more freedom and so on. I'm guessing that's the type of person that you're wanting to attract, right? People that have got the skills, but they, but they want to take the leap, but they don't know where to start. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Can you give us some tips for those people that are in that situation what what steps would you advise that they take if they decide okay i i want to go freelance now i'm ready to go freelance but i don't know where to start what what do i do kyle (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) help i think i would focus on so i'm gonna 
make this like super step by step as much as possible here. Um, sure. I think, you know, as we know, I think I think a lot of designers um, hang out on Instagram quite a bit, and there's actually this treasure trove that's out there on LinkedIn. Uh, it's very B two B, so business to business, and you know they tend to have deeper pockets to work with. Uh, I, I've noticed than than uh, Instagram inquiry coming in, and so that's why I've kind of doubled down on LinkedIn these days. And it's just overall people are just nicer. Can I say that? Is that okay? <laughs> um, I don't know why I tended away from Twitter. You know, I built up a decent audience over the years on Twitter and kind of. I've gotten away from it. That doesn't, not to say that I, I won't go back into the, the Twitterverse, but I think LinkedIn, I've just really enjoyed my interactions there. And so, yeah, you know, to your point, um, I would focus on nabbing one retainer client, just one, uh, because a lot of times that's all you need. And, you know, you're not looking at mom and pop shops, right? So you need to know your target audience who has that type, the type of funds to work with where it's, you know, maybe a, you know, five or $6,000, you know, USD, you know, retainer a month. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I I have a client like this and I can agree that it's a lifesaver. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Having this one recurring, I mean, obviously I've got more clients, but having one that keeps coming back to you frequently is, is, definitely a dream to work with that's it that's it and and so more practically speaking i'd hop on linkedin uh i would they have an incredible advanced search on linkedin uh that you can use for free and you know you you go to the jobs tab and you search um you know a little hack that i've learned is don't search graphic designer (laughs) because everybody else is searching that right and algorithm has gotten a little bit more intuitive so you know, sometimes this this works more than others, but sometimes you can get those obscure ones where it's not being bid on or seen, even seen by uh, a lot of other designers where you can search communications designer or marketing designer or senior brand designer. So kind of almost on that keyword itself, uh, niching in further on that uh, because you know, LinkedIn does show like how many views have been on this, especially if you're on premium. Yeah, you can hop on a free trial and for 30 days, I think, and you can, you know, see some more of those analytics of what, you know, if you're in the top 10% of this particular role or not. And, but don't just stop there by, you know, submitting your resume and being done. That's, that's where you go from, you know, good to great. Uh, you might have a, a, a good resume but you go from good to great when you get in front of those those people that are actually running it. With with ATS and robots out there, sometimes you don't even, you know, a human never even sees your resume in the first place. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But you know, being able to reach out to do your due diligence past that and say, wow, I, I really love this role. It looks like a great fit for my skill set and expertise. I need to uh, go further on this. So for one example, I reached out to a, a organization called USSSA, and you know I've I've kind of mixed into the sports realm a little bit, working with the Detroit Lions and Sacramento Kings pro teams, US angling, USA swimming, and this aligned with with my goals, right? So keep that in mind. But um, you know I sent my resume out. They needed a con. You know actually at that time they needed a 
um, a full-time designer, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they'll go contract on this thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I reached out and I found actually kind of found, I searched creative director uh, for USSA on uh, LinkedIn, messaged her directly, hopped on a free trial of premium so I could do that without being connected to her, reached out, I was like, hey, you know, love, love the work that you guys, it was a quick message, right? You want to keep it quick. Love the work that, that you guys are doing over there. I feel like I could add some value uh, to what you guys are all already doing really well. Would love to hop on a call. What do you think? And she got back to me next day. It was like, let's, let's do this. Let's uh, schedule something out. And, you know, that week I was on a call with them. And by, you know, about a week after that, if I remember right, uh, I was on a ongoing retainer with them and I'm, I'm still working with them in their busy seasons now. So wow. that's been tens and tens of thousands of, of work over time, uh, just from just taking that little extra step, you know, five minutes tops, right. Um, to do that research and, and take, take that next, take that next step. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And I actually did a whole episode with a LinkedIn expert and uh, she's shared so much great advice. And I personally still haven't gone uh, all in on LinkedIn, but I keep hearing more and more and more stories of people, you know, graphic designers getting really good clients from LinkedIn. So uh, I can see why you've gone all in on it. And uh, that sounds like really good advice. Uh, but yeah, we, we're closing in on that sort of hour mark, Carl. And, and I think we've covered so much stuff uh, again. Uh, but yeah, I, I, what I think we'll have to do is get you on the podcast again in the near future to uh, carry on with some of these tips and ad advice. Um, but it's been absolutely fantastic to catch up again and, and to hear you share uh, so many tips and, and advice and, and parts of your journey. So Kyle, thanks so much for coming on again. It's been really good to speak to you. Thanks so much, Ian. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kyle, for coming back on the podcast once again. Uh, I can imagine that we'll probably do this again sometime in the future. Uh, if you want to learn more about Kyle Courtright, head to his website, courtrightdesign.com. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes along with Kyle's social profiles uh, in the show notes for this week's episode, which you can find just by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 132. And don't forget to check out the sponsor of this podcast, The Perfect Match, and start working on your mood board design today for a chance to win that $1,000, which is amazing find it just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play so thank you so much for listening and i'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the logo geek podcast